Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 10 of the No Huddle Show, our Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. Uh, we do this every week. This is now the fourth week of the regular season we've done this. There's been a lot of ebbs and flows, unfortunately for, unfortunately for the Eagles. Um, the, the ebbs and the flows have lasted and, and turned out to be a 1-3 record yesterday. We're doing this podcast on a Monday morning in Washington, a 23-20 loss to the Redskins. Uh, maybe, I mean, they've had three bad losses this year, but this one, the way it ended, was really bad. As with, with me, as always, every week, Elliot Shore Parks, Mark Echo. You can follow us on Twitter. We'll get to all that stuff later, but let's just get into it right now. Uh, and we'll start with Elliot. 23-20 loss. The Eagles are a mess right now. Um, your thoughts as that game was unfolding in front of you at FedEx Field? You know, going into it, you know, leading up to the week, obviously, everyone thought weather would be an issue, and it didn't really end up being so. But the thing I kept thinking was, you know, with a new kicker, which is always a lot of, always a big question mark, and with wind, if Sam Bradford and the Eagles could pull off the win. Now, Sam Bradford ended up playing an okay game for half of it. I mean, he was, you know, he was pretty good in the second half throwing those three touchdowns. But the thing I was thinking as I was watching it is two things. One, you can't count on the defense every week. They're just not good enough yet. I mean, the Eagles' defense kept them in a game against Dallas. Um, you know, they played very well against the Jets. And they played at times pretty well against the Falcons. So yesterday, uh, you know, seeing – them give up that late touchdown, I guess, shouldn't be that surprising when you consider the history of the defense. But on the other hand, I'm like, you can't give up a 90-yard game-winning drive to Kirk Cousins of all quarterbacks. So you know, the defense, they're, I don't think they're to blame for the loss solely yesterday, but obviously they picked a bad time to have maybe their worst game of the season. And it just goes back to the offense, too, that you know this is, this is going to be a team that's going to go as far as our, their offense takes them. And right now their offense isn't playing well. They're, they're playing well for spurts and for, you know, two or three drives at a time, but they're not playing consistently. And the defense isn't good enough to carry them to wins, as we can see through the first four games. They're not. And obviously the offense can't stay on the field on third downs. The defense can't get off the field. Yesterday, at least, they couldn't on third downs. A big drive to start the game for the Redskins. Obviously the drive to end the game for the Redskins. Mark, we'll go to you next. Your thoughts as you watch that unfold. I mean, the Eagles, again, have a chance to win a football game that we all thought they should have won, and they walk away once again with a loss. No no excuses for anybody. This was, a, this was the worst loss of the Chip Kelly era, without a doubt. Without, nothing's even close. As, as Elliot said, you let Kirk, Cous- Kirk Cousins, okay? And the epitome of journeyman. Is Kirk Cousins okay? He shouldn't even be starting for what he's probably their third best quarterback. All right, I mean they just don't argue threes a mess, and I don't know what they don't like about Colt McCoy, but it go not only not only did it did he let him go ninety yards for the winning touchdown, he didn't have his best weapon. He didn't have Deshaun Jackson the whole game, and he had Pierre Pierre Garcon, a good veteran, been around like a hundred years. He was banged up, and he and they still this this Elliot. So you don't think this is a top ten defense anymore? 
Don't right. you tell me all pre, you know, this is top 10 defense. They've played, right. they've played like a – Brandon Graham. They got, you know, all these great players. Eric Rowe. No, this is not a good defense. Never was, never will be. Okay, it's not, it's not coached well. It's not – they don't have enough good players on it. Um, the good players they have are, are being – you know, the offenses are, are taking care of them because they know that they, they can just concentrate on, on stopping Fletcher Cox. Um, you know, Connor Barwin was invisible yesterday. So, I, I mean, you know, this is not a good defense. And I don't, and I don't want to hear the excuse, well, they were on the field for 40-something minutes. Well, how about getting off the field on the first drive of the game that went about eight minutes when you weren't tired, okay? The opening drive. Were they tired the opening drive? I don't – I mean, was that, is that the offense's fault, that the opening drive that the Redskins had went Went eight minutes or so? No. This defense isn't good. I, all right. On top of all that, the kicker if the kicker makes the, a 33-yard field goal and an extra point, they still win the game. The counter, the counter I'll make to that is that they were playing without a lot. I mean, you know, you didn't you – The Redskins were playing without Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying the, the, the Eagles defense didn't have, I think, you know, off the top of my head, Byron Maxwell, Cedric Thornton, Michael Kendricks, Kiko Alonso. Now, I'll give you credit. I'll, I'll admit that if you build around guys that have injury problems, you can't you can't complain when they're not there. Yeah, but, Thornton, he's a great player. He, he'd have gotten about three or four sacks yesterday, which would be yeah. his career total. Look, the defense didn't play well yesterday. I'm not disagreeing with that. They're not good. That's why they didn't play well. They played what they, they did what they do. I just dis, I disagree that they're not good. I mean, it's been over, good. over the four over the four games they've been. Oh, Who have they faced? Who have they faced? Matt Ryan picked them apart. Yeah, he did. They were really good against Ryan. Okay, so when they don't face an Ivy League quarterback, how how good are they? <laughs> you can only go off of who they play for the first four games. Right, and wait they, and it doesn't get easier. Right. Well, and I don't, one and three after the first four games, they beat the Ivy Leaguer. They lost to the Kirk Cousins. That's what they lost yesterday. Kirk Cousins. They Washington let Kirk Cousins throw the ball forty six times. Forty six times. No, you're right. I mean, if Kirk Cousins throws the ball 46 times, you should win that game by whatever you, you want to win. And he did that 46 times, no interceptions. Yeah, that's, that's what that surprised me. That's impossible for Kirk Cousins to throw the ball 46 times and somebody not pick him off. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm fighting a losing battle trying to defend this defense right now. I'm just saying overall, I, I don't think it's fair to say they're not a, they're not a good defense. I mean, I what think – Where would you rank them from 1 to 32? Where would I rank them? You had them in top ten before. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think they're probably in the top half, but I mean, I'd have to look. I don't know about top half. I'll, what, what did they give up running the ball yesterday? One hundred twenty-seven. <laughs> All right. I right, mean, we should. Point oh, average. <laughs> Pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. That's not bad. And they didn't have Cedric Thornton, so no. Nah, I mean, look, the defense didn't. didn't the play. Redskins didn't have Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> I know. I'll I'm take sure. that trade every day. <laughs> I know. It was a right. we, we can argue back and forth all day about whose fault yesterday was. The Everybody, defense not, the whole defense stunk, the kicker stunk. The they all stunk. They all stunk, Mark. And now to me, when you when, look, four weeks now through this season, they're one and three. We've had three different losses we've chewed on here. And every single time we talk about one of these, it's a different aspect of the team or this or that. The bottom line is they're not a very good football team right now. And there's one person above everyone else that's responsible. Mark, you said it. They don't, they're not making plays. They don't have the good enough players. Well, we have to look at the coaching. Obviously, Chip Kelly, I know he's not a defensive guy, but overall he's the head coach and he's the GM. So I'll throw this question out there. What's a bigger problem right now? Why are the Eagles 1-3? and three? Is it because Chip the coach or Chip the GM? We'll start with Mark. See, I got it. Well, I don't 
I know everybody's ripping Chip for everything. I mean, Chip's you know, if, if it rains tomorrow, it's going to be Chip's fault. But I, I don't, I don't know what he did wrong as a coach yesterday. I, I, I want somebody to tell me. I'm, I'm listening. I'm open-minded here, but I don't like. I don't think the play. Call, I, everybody wants to rip the after the long pass to Aguilar, and they ran the, the reverse, and it didn't work, and it fumbled. Um, again, he tried something. I don't mind trying something there. He didn't tell Aguilar to fumble. I mean, it, it happens. Um, so I don't think the coach did. I really don't think the coach. He didn't tell the kid to miss the field goal. He didn't. He he, he didn't coach. You know, Sproles to drop another pass or Matthews to drop another pass. Now let's get the tip to GM. I, I wrote a column Monday morning where I kind of spelled out that, you know, Kip's a gambler. And he, and that's what he did. He gambled with this team. He he didn't like what he had. He, it wasn't good enough. And I think he was correct in thinking it wasn't good enough. It was a team that hadn't won a playoff game since 2008. It was a team that missed the playoffs three of the last four years. So while everyone loves, you know, Shady McCoy and Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin and Nick Foles and Evan Mathis and all those guys, those guys have never won anything. He traded, he traded guys, he, he cut guys, he did everything, you know, everything that a GM can do. And I, didn't, I wasn't against getting rid of any of those guys. Maybe the guys he brought in, obviously, weren't the answer. Sam Bradford has been sporadic. Good second half against the Falcons, good second half against the Redskins, bad the rest of the, of, of the time. DeMarco Murray certainly doesn't look like the guy that led the league in, in rushing last year by any stretch of the imagination. He, you know, he, he had, uh, he's 8 for 36 yesterday, but he had a, but he had a 30-yard run, and a nice 30-yard run. That looked like DeMarco Murray. But that means he had seven carries for six yards the rest of the game. So that looks like it might have been a mistake. Um. He, he didn't fix the, you know, he gets rid of Harriman's and Mathis. Again, no, I have no problem getting rid of Harriman. Harriman is benched with the Colts. He doesn't even dress now for the Colts. So I have no problem, you know, getting rid of those guys. But he didn't fix it. He, he thought Alan Barber and whoever, Andrew Gardner, Matt Tobin, pick your guy, was going to be the answer, and they haven't been the answer. So, yeah, Kip the GM made something – he was he was uh, gutsy, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, and made moves. And right now, at, at the quarter point of the season, none of none of those moves. I, I mean, which, what what move paid off? Walter Thurman. So, in the GM side, well, let's go to the coaching side first. The one thing I will say that I can see from watching the games is they're being outplayed consistently to start the game. I mean, I think they've only scored twenty points on offense in the first four games. And to me, that is coaching because they just don't look overly prepared. They don't look like they've constructed any type of game plan that is working in the first four games. And that was supposed to be Chip's specialty. I mean, remember, I remember in the preseason we all talked about, and, you know, this preseason pr- proved to be quite uh, false advertising. But in the preseason, everyone was saying, you know, you know look, how, look how many people are open in this offense. This, the play designing is awesome. But – through the first four games, I mean, I haven't seen guys running wide open. I mean, the receivers might be getting open more than we think, and part of that could be Sam Bradford, but it just doesn't look like they're they're being well coached to start games. Now, on the flip side of that, coaching in-game for Chip has been pretty good. I mean, they've been making very good adjustments. I mean, they've been stellar in the second half of games. But sooner or later, you can't, can't keep digging yourself a hole like that. And I do think part of that does fall on Chip the coach. The other flaw I think Chip has shown as a coach through the, these last four games is 
he's not sticking to the run. I mean, they're I think they're like 25th or 26th in the NFL um, in total rushing attempts, or tw- 24th in the NFL in total rushing attempts, which is crazy. I thought they would lead the league in rushing attempts this year, and you know, part of that is falling behind. Yeah, part of that is falling behind. But the other part of that is, I think he's giving up on it too soon. I mean, I just don't think it just. I mean, you know, people talked about Lashawn McCoy, how you know he would get a hundred yards and eighty of them would be on one carry. Well, a lot, a lot of running backs are like that. I mean, you have to, you have to give running backs the ball, you know, consistently for them to get a feel of the game to get adjusted to it. So I think that is part. That part does fall on, on Chip, the head coach. Um, now Chip, the GM, I think that's a different story. I mean, the Demarco Murray signing, you can debate how whether that was needed. And I think through four games, it's pretty clear that looks like a mistake. That being said, you know, I don't think there were offensive linemen or guards out there when they signed DeMarco that people were, were clamoring for. I mean, there might have been some guys I'm not thinking of that, that are ended up playing well, but there weren't a ton of top-level offensive guards that the Eagles had a realistic chance to sign, from, from what I remember, and I, I could be wrong about that. At that point, oh, I think you're right. I think you're right. So I think the DeMarco thing was more just spending to spend. Now, you can argue that's not the way to run the team, and I think there's plenty of truth to that. But, you know, I don't I don't think having DeMarco Murray on your team doesn't make you worse. I don't, I don't think. Um, now, then you look at other moves he's made. The, the, I mean, the big one is quarterback. It's the biggest position of all of sport, in, in all of sports. I mean, he and he went to Sam Bradford. Now, my issue with Bradford that we've talked about at length is he just hasn't he hasn't played very well. I know he played good in the second half against Atlanta, but he followed that up with two straight terrible games, and then he was, you know, he was not good in the first half yesterday. And he was so bad that a lot of people thought maybe Chip would make a change. And he did. He played well in the second half. He had the three second-half touchdowns. But consistency's always been the problem with Sam Bradford. I mean, in his 53-game career, he's, nev- he's only had back-to-back games with a quarterback rating over 100, back-to-back games twice. So... He's never really followed up his good games with another good game. So we shouldn't count on a good game next week is what you're telling me? Well, I mean, maybe it'll happen just to prove me wrong. But, I mean, he has not – he's not done it throughout his career. And, it, you know, and, it, and you know, when he played well against Atlanta, everybody said, well, this is it. He's, you know, he got more comfortable. He, this is his turning point. Well, then he was terrible. So maybe he'll play good next week against Saints, but he's shown nothing over the last five years to make you think he will. Now, part of that, you know, that falls on Chip the GM. I'm not saying Nick Foles was the answer, but he attached his wagon to Bradford, and Bradford's been not a winning quarterback throughout his career. So you can point to all these different reasons they're losing, you know, you know, all these different things. Reality is, if you don't have a quarterback that wins, you know, I mean, Bradford's never been a winning quarterback. So it's not surprising to say that Sam Bradford's 1-3 in his first four games. Chip has been a winning head coach. I mean, going 20-12 and 12 and 0-1 and in that playoff game over the past two seasons, Bradford hasn't been. So I think, you know, that, that falls on Chip the GM, though. I agree. A right, lot to chew on what you just said there, Elliot. Let's start with the running game, and then we'll get back to Bradford and, and really his ups and downs this season. So you pointed out they're in the bottom percentage of teams running the football, and only and two of the teams below them play on Monday Night Football this week. So that number may change as well as the week goes on. They may be even you know, more towards the bottom in terms of rushing attempts. Three out of the four games, they've run the football less than 20 times. They paid $51 million for those running backs, Murray and Matthews. And I understand if you're in third and long, you can't run the ball. But Chip Kelly talked after the Redskins game about how they can't stay on the field. That's why the time of possession, that's why the plays are so skewed. They couldn't get off the field on defense, and they couldn't stay on the field on offense. 
What about running the football with these backs? Mark, a few min minutes ago, you mentioned the big run Murray had, and then he barely touched the football again. Well, no, and, he did touch. He touched it seven more times and gained six yards. But then you give up on him? I mean, yeah, I do. Seven carries, six yards. I don't, I don't what, I'm going to bang my head against the wall. The wall's not, I'm never going to, the wall's always going to win. But, but, like, but like Elliot just mentioned, sometimes backs, they break one then. I mean, they aren't running the football. They've had four games. One time they've run the ball 20 times or more. There's a reason for that. They can't. They're not very good at it. The offensive line is not playing very well, and it's not just the new guys. Jason Peters in and out of the lineup, hurt again yesterday. That, that line they had out there at the end of the game was not the line anyone kind of envisioned. And Matt Tobin, who was like, I don't think he dressed the first game of the season, was at, was at left tackle. You had, you know, then you had Barber, Kelsey, you had De Dennis Kelly, who nobody even thought was going to make the team this year. At, at right guard, I mean, they're not running the ball because they're not – the whole offense is out of sync right now. And, and they are pass protecting better than they are run blocking for the most part. But so. my, my, my counter to that would be two things. One, they're, what they're doing – like they're giving up on the run, right? And they're, and they're throwing the ball. They're not giving up on it. They're not doing – I mean, the last drive, they had the ball with the lead at midfield, right? First and 10 at the 50-yard line. They're up 20 to 16. A first down or two and the game's over probably, right? They right. ran it. Let me get the stats. They ran it, to, they ran it on first down, and uh, your, your, your boy Murray got, got three yards. That was, that was one of his better runs of the day. Um, <laughs> it was. But, but, but my seven. They run it again. Sproles gets two yards. Well, how's third and five? You going to run on third and five? Yeah, but my point is, my point is, they're one and three, so what they're doing isn't working anyway. So obviously, not running the ball, they need to run the ball. They don't. They didn't have it that much. That was the problem. But 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 they they played uh, other than the two game, the two teams that played tonight, right? They've they've played the same amount of games as everybody else, and they're they're twenty fourth in rushing attempts. Now, la all right, would you agree last year? The That's very. I'm with you. I thought they were going to lead the league in rushing this year. Right. All right, would you agree last year the offensive line was a mess? Excuse me. Would you agree that last year, 2014, the offensive line was was an issue? Early, yeah. Well, yeah. When the couple, when the, yeah, yes, it was. Yeah, they lost, they lost their left guard and their center for big right. periods of time. And Lane Johnson missed the first four games because of the suspension. Definitely. So last year they were top ten in rushing yards, and they were seventh overall in rushing attempts. So Chip has shown he he runs the ball. So I just don't get why he's not doing it in the first four games. That's the thing that baffles me the most. For everyone that thinks I'm a a Bradford hater and all that, I mean. I, I just don't – to me, the biggest surprise is that they're not running the ball. And when would you run it that, that he didn't yesterday? I'm sorry, what? When – like, or can you give me – I'm going to be like a kid now. Can you give me a specific play that I didn't run and that, that, that you thought I should have? I, I can't give you – off the top of my head, I can't give a specific example of a, a play, but my point is I just think you need to run the ball more than – how many times did they rush it yesterday? 18. 18. 18. That, you need to run the ball more than that, especially with – I mean, going into the season, we all thought this team would be built around the run. I don't think anyone thought the Eagles were going to go to the Super Bowl off, on the back of San. I don't think anybody thought they'd be losing to the Redskins thirteen nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. But but that that's that. There's two reasons. I mean, what part of that is the play of the quarterback, obviously, but part of that is also that they. You're right. They're they're not doing a good job running the ball, but they're also not trying it a ton. So I I just think if they, I mean, look, nothing's working at this point. Like so, well, you might as well next the passing game did work yesterday. In the second half. In the second half. Second half, and it worked for like two or three drives, and then it, you know, they the lead. It put them ahead. Did they score any points in the fourth quarter? Yeah, seven. They scored seven points. All right. 
I mean, the offense didn't do anything the last few drives, and that's that goes back to running the ball. They they can't run the ball. I just I just think you got you got to run the ball more than you are right now. I think Demarco Murray's right. He said it after the game yesterday. He said this isn't what I thought I was. Basically, I'm paraphr- I'm paraphrasing, but basically said this isn't what he thought he was getting himself into in terms of touches. And I mean, last year he was 29 carries on the season. Last year he carried that. He carried the ball at least 29 times in five games alone. So Look, he a lot of yards last year. He's not getting. You think Murray's playing well? I don't know if I think Murray's play well or not, but I'm just saying if you're only going to give it to him eight times a game, it's unrealistic to expect him to gain 100 yards on those eight carries. I agree with you. Not 100, but I expect him to, to, to not lose yards more than he gains yards. But that's with every running back. I mean, every running back has those plays. With I, look, I agree. You give it to him seven times and he gets six yards on his, those carries. I, I'm not saying, you know, you are almost running your head into a brick wall at that point. Yeah. But but you're one and three and nothing else is working. I mean, do you think Sam Bradford is going to throw the ball sixty times and you do it twenty eight? Yeah, no, you're right. I, mean, yeah. I don't mind it. I mean, they should have the ball more than forty six plays. That's the problem. Yeah, I don't think a twenty eight eighteen. I don't know what that percentage is off the top of my head. Run, no team in the league anymore runs it more than they throw it, unless you got a big lead and then you just run the clock out. But I mean, they're not. I thought they'd be like fifty five forty five pass runs here. And right now they're at 145 to 89 pass to run. I don't have the percentage off the top of my head of what that is, but it's significantly more passes than it's runs. I know they've been down in these games, but all right, let's go to this, and then we'll, we'll turn this into the Bradford discussion. But we'll end of that game afterwards. Chip Kelly said he didn't think that the defense was gassed down the stretch. The time of possession in this game was 4108 to 1852. Can't we make the argument that if they run the football more in the first half, even if you are pounding your head into the brick wall, to use that term, instead of passing for incomplete passes and stopping the clock, at least those drives in the first and second quarter that aren't really going anywhere anyway, take some time off the clock. I mean, I can't sit here and, and believe that that defense wasn't gassed at 41 minutes. Can you guys? Mark, you were on the defense to start. Do you think they were gassed? At the end, yes. Of course they were. But, like I said when I started, they weren't gassed at the start of the game when they, when they, when they, when they let the Redskins hold the ball for eight minutes, were they? So part, yeah. part of the time of possession isn't just the offense being bad. That's part of it. The other part is stop the Redskins on that first drive when it's third and 19. Third and 19, get off the field. Don't let a, a running back that I never heard of, Stephen Thompson, go for 42 yards. How about that? Great defense, Bill Davis. Don't let that happen. And then that eight-minute drive would have been a minute-and-a-half drive. That's six-and-a-half minutes that you would have saved off the time of possession. So it's not all the end of the game. Like like you said, the, the, the Eagles could have run the ball more early, but the defense could have gotten off the field early, too. A couple. The Reds, did the Redskins have a three and out? I don't remember them ever having a three and out. They had one right here. And the uh, and their, their drive prior to the one that, that went for the touchdown. They, they, Cousins threw three incomplete three straight times. But I mean, I, I don't. Know. I just think this whole whether the defense is tired thing is kind of a bit overrated. I mean, you're supposed to be tired. It's a football game. I mean, this is you know they're 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 athletes. They're out there running. I mean, you know you you play at the end of the fourth quarter. You know both teams are tired. Like Billy Davis said yesterday, the offense was out on the field. The Redskins' offense was out on the field just as much as the Eagles' defense. Yeah, but that's it's a little different. I mean, that's that's nice ability to to. Take the blame, but it's a little different. <laughs> I, mean, Bo, I, I said to you during the game, I said Bo Allen looks dead. Yeah, but they were, they weren't getting a pass rush anyway, even when they even when they weren't tired. But I mean, I, part of the problem yesterday, and I'll, I'll give the defense a little slack for this. 
the defensive line especially was decimated. They, they started the game without Thornton and Taylor Hart. So they were down to, mm-hmm. what, five healthy linemen. And then Brandon Bear gets hurt. So now they're down to just four. And then Fletcher Cox was missed a, missed a couple series. So they had they basically had Bo Allen and um, who am I forgetting? Vinny, Vinny Curry. Benny, Benny Logan. Benny Logan and Bo Allen were really the only – and then Vinny coming in and out, he's playing everywhere. They don't know what – his head's all – he don't know where he's – if he's standing up with his hand on the ground. They have him all confused. So they were really thin. Bo Allen is a nice – let me get – you know, he's, he's had a nice little run here as a backup nose tackle, seventh-round pick out of Wisconsin. You know, I don't, I don't have the snap counts yet, but – you, Wait, I think he played like 54 snaps or something. Way, way. That's that's about 30 snaps more than you want Bo Allen to ever play. Well, that's the thing. At that final drive, I mean, the players they had on the field there were Bo Allen, Jordan Hicks, Eric Rowe, EJ Biggers. And who well, Cox was out there. Yeah, no, I mean, there were I, – I, my, my point is these were mostly backups at the end of the game. That's a, I think that's more of an excuse for the defense than it is being on the field for that long. The only starter that was out was, was Maxwell. Well, right. and Kendricks and Kiko. And no, I mean, Hicks is better than both of them anyway. Well, maybe, but he's still he's only playing. – What has Kendricks done this year? He's still only playing in his third NFL – or fourth NFL game. I mean, he's made more plays than both of them all year. You're, you're not going to give any excuse to the defense today. No, not the third cousins without Deshaun Jackson. No, if I, had, if you told me Deshaun Jackson was going to catch an 80-yard touchdown pass to beat him, I'd say, well, that's what Deshaun does, and they don't have anybody that can run with him. He wasn't out there. <laughs> that was not a tough defense to cover. I mean, that was not a tough offense. I don't care how tired you are or who's out there. Who were the Redskins guys making these plays? Thompson. Um, Jordan Reed's a good tight end, but he didn't even hurt him that much. Um, you know, the, the Pierre Garçon, who's 100 and, and was banged up, was making plays. A guy named Crowder, a rookie named Crowder, making plays on him. I, I, Ryan Grant. Ryan Grant. Come on. The point I'm making more is I don't think through the first four games they're one and three because of their defense. I think no, that's – Well, the defense has had two bad games. Well, they only gave up – I mean, 26 – see, it's hard to tell because in the NFL today, I mean, you give up 26 points to the Falcons, which is – granted, that's a lot of points, but you only give up six in the second half. But I mean, again, this was the Falcon game all over again. It's not how many points it's the plays. They take the lead against the Falcons, right? They're down by 100. They come back. They take the lead, okay? And yeah. what happens? They let – they let Julio Jones catch a 44-yard pass that sets up the game-winning field goal for the Falcons. But I guess my point is – Make a play when it counts, defense. Make a play when it counts. But, but they're only – in- They made plays all day against the Jets, but they're not going to get a kid from Harvard every, every week. They're, but they're, get- only, they're only in these positions because the offense is getting off to such a poor start. That's more the point I'm making. I mean, look, the defense, there's no excuse to give up that drive to Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying that. But that was probably the worst – series the defense has had in four games. And it came at a bad time. And I said yesterday when we were sitting in the press box. I yeah, said, pretty bad time. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say so. And I said when we were sitting in the press box yesterday, I said, look, I think this defense is good, but if they want to actually become, like I've said they could be, like a top unit, 10 unit league, they need to get a stop here. And they didn't do it. So, you know, that they obviously deserve blame for that. But listen, I was on the other side. When they, went, when, the, when they had the ball at midfield, which whatever much, six minutes or whatever it was, and they're up to, and I didn't. I I think I told. I said to you and Matt both. I said, I don't even care if they score here. Scoring would obviously be nice. Put it away, but just take some time, get a couple first downs, and this game's over. And they went three and out. And I said, uh oh, defense has come right back on the field. But then when he punted them down to the ten, 
I said, there's no way Kirk Cousins is going 90 yards. They're okay. And lo and behold, Kirk Cousins looking like Joe Montana taking him right down the field. I mean, another I mean, the way to look at that is the last time the offense had the ball, they failed at what they were trying to do. And so, oh, I, I'm, again, I'm not putting all the blame on the defense. The offense, I said, the offense, all three phases of the game were bad yesterday. All three. I, that's, why, that's why they're a bad team right now, I think. <laughs> right now they don't play is, well in three phases of the game. That's the mark of a bad team. But my point is if you look at the first four games as a whole, and I know we're more focused on the Redskins game right now, but if you look at the Red first four games as a whole, I think you could say the offense, Chip Kelly, Sam Bradford, the running game, the offensive line, all those things. Why are the wide receivers out? Yeah, the wide receivers, all of those things go ahead of the defense as to why they're one and three, in my opinion. Ooh, I don't know. I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, here's what – this is the way I'll frame it with my – why I agree with Elliot on that. I mean, the Eagles scored 29.6 points per game last year. I think if we had guessed on what they'd score this year, we probably would have been around that number, something in that range. If I were to tell you after four weeks, they haven't given up over 24 points one time – 26 points one time. 26, that was the most they've given up, 26. They've lost games where they gave up 26, 20, and 23. You would have said they're better than 1-3. and three. I mean, yeah, yes, I the agree. defense picked an awful time to give up a 15-play drive to lose the game. I, I totally agree with that, Mark. But the offense, and we could talk now about Bradford a little bit, it's just so amazingly inconsistent, whether it's pass blocking, run blocking, turnovers, dropping the football, Bradford himself. I never know drive to drive what the heck the offense is going to do, if anything. And this is, this is the point I'll make. So I remember back when Michael Vick had that really good season. I guess it was, wow, like four, four years ago, five years ago. Four, yeah, five years ago. He wasn't turning the ball over. Um, and the Eagles as a whole weren't turning the ball over the year. I think the Eagles went like eight, like six or seven games. Vick went without turning the ball over, and I think the team as a whole did. And then you had the stretch where they fell apart, and Vick was turning the ball over all the time. Then you had Foles come in, and he went 28-2, and the, the team wasn't turning the ball over. So where I'm going with this is the team, the offense takes on the personality of the quarterback. So And, and Vic and Foles have shown that in terms of the, the turnovers and the production. Bradford is not a good quarterback, so it's not surprising that the offense isn't good. I mean, he's inconsistent. His accuracy has been abysmal. He's turned it over five times in four games. None the last two. None the last two, that's true, but but he's also been really bad for half of those, I mean, as it, for three quarters of the last two games. So it's just, I mean, Do you, surprising. I guess it just shouldn't, and maybe I'm just mad at myself for falling into thinking <laughs> the Green Bay thing, right? But, like, it just shouldn't be surprising the offense isn't any good because their quarterback is Sam Bradford. All right, before Mark responds to um, Bradford... <laughs> I'm not going to respond to that. <laughs> well, let me throw out these numbers, because this is just shows you the inconsistency with Bradford. So if you combine the second half in Atlanta and the second half against Washington, obviously his two best halves of the, of the four games so far, 72% completion, 415 yards, four touchdowns. That's basically one full game. No interceptions. Uh, what's that? No interceptions. Yeah, the one interception in the end of the Atlanta game. If you add the other 12 quarters up, so the other three games, basically, when you kind of remove and, and put these games together, he's at 55%, 533 yards, two touchdowns. So almost the same amount of yards in 12 quarters that he has in those two second halves. So in 12 of the 16 quarters, they just can't move the football because that's the quarterback play they're getting, whether it's the drops, whether it's the offensive line two, or Sam himself. 12 of the 16 quarters, they're not getting 
good enough NFL quarterback play. That's just the way it is. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to. De- I'm not here to defend Sam Bradford. I'm not. I'm. I'm saying Sam Bradford played well enough to win yesterday. I'm not looking at all. I'm not looking past the other three games. I'm saying yesterday. I could rationalize if I wanted to. I could rationalize the loss to Atlanta. I didn't think they. I thought that would be a real close game. I thought Atlanta could could, could win that game Monday night on the road, home opener, Falcons all good. I I could rationalize that. I can almost I can't rationalize how poorly they played against Dallas, but I could rationalize short week playing the Cowboys, blah blah blah. Cowboys are very good on the road. I could rationalize. I can't rationalize losing to the Washington Redskins without their their best weapon on offense and their best cover guy on on defense and their middle linebacker. I can't I I can't but I can't rationalize. I can't, there's no excuse. The reason it should make sense is because Sam Bradford is 18-33-1 as an NFL starting quarterback. What's Kirk Cousins? <laughs> All right, so it was two bad quarterbacks against each other, and you know one of them had to lose, essentially, is what happened. I mean, look, the Eagles, I, the division, they're only one game out of the lead in the NFC. Sam Bradford. Which tells you that, says, that screams at you. Right. And look, Nick Foles put together that eight or nine game stretch two years ago. So if Foles could do it, any quarterback is capable of doing it. Sam, Sam Bradford's certainly capable of it, just like Michael Vick's capable of with the Steelers of winning whatever. I mean, any any player in any sport can just become hot. I mean, it happens, right? But if you look at the history, I mean, do we really think Sam Bradford's going to win eight of his next ten, eight of his next twelve starts? I mean, does that? Does I know you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Is that pretty clear? Can more Sanchez? I mean, at least Sanchez has made the playoffs and been a part of a playoff team before. And last, so do you make the move? I don't know. That's the thing. Even at halftime of that game on Sunday, I was thinking about it. Man, me too. And then he came back and played well. But then he came back and played well against Atlanta and, and was bad the next two games. I mean, the only thing that's keeping me from pulling the trigger on Bradford. Or I guess there's a couple things. One, I mean, you already made the investment in them, and if you it's a short-term investment. They didn't well, extend him. I don't disagree. Yeah, that's true. But my point is, once you bench him, that's it. No. Oh yeah, it's not. He's not. He's not coming back here. He's not going to resign here. Nope. You can't go back to him. I mean, that's it. So you're giving up on a trade for four games into it. That's the only reason. Outside of that, I don't think he's played well enough. I think Sanchez would do a better job. I think there's a better chance Sanchez would do a better job over the next span of the, the season than Bradford is. And, I mean, from that point of view, then why don't you make the switch? But Who gives you a better chance to beat the Saints Sunday? Mark Sanchez. And that's who you should play. That's what I, I mean. That's what Chip always says. I want, I'm doing what's best for the team. I'm trying to win this game. I agree. I'm just, I'm just saying the complicated part of doing that is you're giving up on a move Chip made. And this is why Chip the GM and Chip the head coach are in well, They've certainly given up on their number one pick from last year already. <laughs> that they have. There's no they won't get on the field. But that could have been a Howie pick. Although they are they are 1-0 and in games that Marcus Smith dresses and 0-3 and when he's inactive. I'm just I joking. Think, I think we figured it out here. We've gone through all these podcasts, our 10th one. Uh, that number might have been uh, the biggest one. Let me throw this at you guys uh, here. Bradford, after the game, during that his press conference, said this is small details, not light years, in terms of the inconsistency and the problems on the offense. You guys have seen all the practices in training camp. You've seen the games, preseason. You've been there for all of it. Is this small details, Mark, or is this light years in terms of the problems they have consistent on offense? Like everything else, it's somewhere. It's not light years. It's not. It's not... Small details depends on your definition of small, I guess. I mean, they're details. I mean, 
every team that loses says it's if this happened, if that happened, we would and and the Eagles are right. I mean, other than the running game not producing the way we thought it would be, the other biggest surprise in my mind. I mean, I'm, Bradford is what he. I think Brad, to be honest, I'm not surprised at the way Bradford's playing. I think he, this is what I thought Sam Bradford was. I mean, um, he's actually been he's made some better plays than I thought he could. The running games, but the wide receivers, I think it's up to like 18 drops now. That's ridiculous. That's a year's worth of drops for for some for, for a lot of teams. That's and you know a drop on third down is almost like a turnover in a sense. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they they drop and even some that aren't quote unquote drops, they got to catch Zach Ertz. Who I last week screamed to get the ball to Zach Ertz. Well, come on, Zach Ertz. They threw the ball a couple times yesterday, and yet a defensive guy might have made a good play on one. The other one could have been so. Come on, if you're going to be an elite tight end like you say you're going to be, and like everyone else says you're going to be, make those plays. Elite Tony Gonzalez made those plays. You know, Brent Selleck and his when he, and, and his prime made those plays. Chad Lewis made those plays. Make those plays, Zach. Or just catch the damn ball. I mean, yeah, I that is one of the problems the Eagles have had, I think, over the past four games and really the end of last season. Well, last season, a bit of that was a schedule, but there's some guys on this team that they counted on to take a step forward that haven't done it. I mean, Zach Ertz is, is, is one of them. Josh Huff is another one. He was invisible yet. He, 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 he get? He's not even playing. He was only on the field for four snaps. So kick, he, or kickoffs, right? And kickoff. Well, no, four snaps. Uh, on four offenses, that's what I'm sorry. But, I mean, they, they, you know, they gambled on young players. They gambled on the quarterback. They gambled on a lot of things, like you said, and right now they're losing. So if you gamble a lot, you know, there's a reason the casinos are all in business. You know, I mean, this is – Maybe it turns around. I'm not completely set. For some reason, as much as I don't think Bradford's the answer, and I've made that clear. For some reason, I, I still think there's a chance. So you don't, let me get this straight, Elliot. You don't. You're not big on Sam Bradford. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to clear that up in case some of the listeners weren't sure. Yeah. Well, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm pretty vague about it. So, but I, I just still think they might make the playoff, which sounds crazy when we talk about. If you listen to the first 50 minutes, you know, listen to this podcast, you never think the conclusion would be maybe they'll make the playoffs, but. I think they have a chance to make the playoffs, though. I really do. Oh, they, of course they have a chance. I mean, if they were in the NFC North, I'd say they have no chance, right? Yeah, if they were in almost any other division, I would say they have no chance. Right, but, but the fact that they're, that they're one and three and everybody else is two and two, yeah, they, I mean. And in the NFL, all you got to do is get in. Once yeah. you're in, if you're playing at the right time, I mean, look. Bradford has never lost a playoff game. <laughs> Sam Bradford's going to win a Super Bowl this year. Without <laughs> <laughs> he'll get in, and then he'll win the Super Bowl. Watch, but I just I, you know, even though they're one and three, I think they're part of me thinks they're better than a one and three team, and part of me is like every week I think that, and every week they lose. You know what I got to ask both of you guys because I've been thinking about this a lot, and I, I wrote it Monday. If in spite of everything we said, if if and that's all true, I don't think we we've, we've embellished any of it. They're all offense, defense, all the problems. But if Cody Parkey makes a field goal that he probably makes eight and a half times out of ten in Atlanta. And if Caleb Sturgis, and again, we're ripping him, he'll probably be gone by the time people listen to this. But, I mean, I'm sure he's made more than he's missed of 33-yard field goals in his life. Going back to his high school, he made 33-yard field goals. If he makes the, if he makes the field goal an extra point, if Parkey makes the kick in the dome in Atlanta, all the other problems are still there. But they're three and one. Are we as what are we saying then? We're probably saying that they're three and one, but there's there's issues here they have to clean up if they're gonna 
sustain it, almost like last year when they were nine and three, and then they couldn't sustain it. I mean, you're right, Mark. I mean, that's that's saying, not real what you said. I'm just saying, if they were three and one right now, and in first in first place. We would have to still point out the flaws, but I think we'd be feeling we'd be feeling like, hey, they're winning, they're going to get better, they're going to, you know, this is, but they're three and one and haven't played well yet. Right. It's like Joe. It's like Joe said. I mean, bad teams find a way to lose it. But you're right. I mean, if they're a kicker away, but the problem is being a kicker away is almost like saying you're a quarterback away. Sure. It's, oh, I'm not. They missed them. They missed, It's not like the the referee took them away or something. No, they. That's part of the game, and they missed those kicks. All right, we'll wrap with this, guys. Um, Sam Bradford, after the game, said expectations are gone. Whatever the question was, that was his answer. And I think it probably could be an answer to everything with this Eagles team. Uh, instead of previewing the Saints game, because it's ridiculous to preview Eagles games at this point, because we have no idea what they're going to do next week, uh, give me your expectations for just the rest of this year. I mean, do you think they're going to turn it around? It's a, it's a broad question, but just you can give me a, a short answer. Do you think this is... A lost cause here, Elliot, or are, are they going to be able to maybe fix this? I was hoping I didn't have to go first because <laughs> <laughs> this is a tough question. I mean, I don't think this is a team that's going to fall to like two and seven. I don't think it's a team that is going to quit on the coach. I don't like. I think there's too much. To a certain degree, there's just too much talent, and I honestly think Chip Kelly is too good of a head coach to to go like four and twelve. But do I think they'll make the playoffs? I mean, I would say at this point, I'm at like 48%. I think they'll make the playoffs. Maybe a little lower than that. But you fall to one and three. I mean, look, history shows if you fall to one and three, no matter the circumstances, you only make the playoffs 15% of the time. So it's a harsh reality. I mean, that's like 30 years of, of NFL teams. I mean, you know, and I'm sure they all had drops and offensive line problems and that type of thing. So I don't think this season is going to fall to the point of four and 12, but. I mean, I am starting to think that the playoffs maybe, maybe not, might not happen. Mark, your expectations, whether it be this Sunday or just moving forward here, do you think this team is going to turn around, or will these problems continue? That's, like Elliot said, it's a tough question. Um, I, I mean, I've been around long enough to see both sides. I've seen teams under almost every coach I cover, under Buddy, under Andy, under Kip's first year, they were one and three. Um, and I've seen, you know, and vice versa. I've seen teams jump out of the gate and say, "Wow, the the dream team started three and one, if if you remember." And they yeah. and, and went eight and eight and had to win their last four to get to eight and eight. So I've seen I've seen a lot of teams look a lot different by the end of the year than they did through their first four games. So I'll try to stay optimistic and say, "Yeah, I think the Eagles can turn this around." Um, can they make the playoffs? Yeah, they can. That one in three stat, and I know the odds are against them and all that, but like, like I said, to Elliot earlier, if they were in the if they were in the NFC North, the NFC even the NFC South this year with two four and teams, nah, I think it would be kind of tough. You know, they win the next two, they could be in first place by themselves. That's how crazy it is that to even think that. But yeah, I think the play. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm I don't know if, if I don't know if, I don't know if I'm, I wouldn't bet it if if someone came to me and said I'll bet you the Eagles make the playoffs, I'd probably take the other side right now, but. Yeah, they can, but they got to start. It's got to get better in a hurry. They like now. It's got to get better in practice this week, and it, and they have to beat this. I mean, we've said it every week that they have to win, but they they have to beat the Saints at home next week. All right, how about this? Before before we, I know we're about to wrap up, Joe, but just for fun, let's all go around one word, yes or no. Do the Eagles make the playoffs this season? 
No. No. You go no? No. Mark, you go no? Mm. I'm going yes. <laughs> I'm going yes. <laughs> Elliot the optimistic one. Sam Bradford's going to lead him back. Sam Brad, Come on, man. Sam Bradford, you don't think he's got this? Like, they're going to the playoffs. The guy's so consistent. How can we bet against him? Come on, man. Yeah. All right. No, I mean, just it's a tough question, but we'll see. We will, and the quarter of the season down, we have three quarters left, and honestly, I think the truth is none of us know what's going to happen with the 2015 Eagles. Elliot, thanks for doing this. We'll talk next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Joe. Take care. And thanks to all of you for listening here to the No Huddle Show Episode 10 on iTunes and on Stitcher. how you could subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you're uh, downloading. It'll be there every week for you. Uh, and, of course, leave us a rating on iTunes as well. Let us know how you like the show. This has been Episode 10 of the No Huddle Show. The Eagles are 1-3. and three. We'll do it again next week right here on NJ.com.